It is Sunday, April 29th, 2012. This is U60 to the Targ. Let's do it! As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why? What a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, I explain what the heck happened to me, and I go through some of the show prep that's been piling up. It's episode 5.20, Backed Up. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 the Tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here. Welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. I'm back, bitches. Ah. You know, it's fun. Before I sat down to record this, I did like some celebrity podcasters I do follow. I went to my Facebook page and put, so does anybody have any questions for me about to record a podcast? Well, I know question number one you're probably asking, where the fuck have I been? Answer, working. Working so hard. Between working and going away for family obligations, I haven't had a chance in weeks to sit down and bust out the old podcast. But that's about to change. After weeks of soul-searching and debating and angst, I decided to give up my second job. That's right, I am no longer working at the grocery store. Well, I gave my two weeks notice, so I'm working there for another two weeks, but you know what I'm getting at. You know, it was just... I couldn't take it anymore, you know? I would book some time off from there to go do my day job, and they would be like, Oh, I don't know. We really need you to be here, Capus, and scrub the slime out of the lettuce cooler. Oh, we can't spare you. So, uh, it was just, you know, in my day job, we're a small station. I hate to sound egotistical, but I'm pretty vital. We're just so small, and I do so much that... I can't tell them to put things on hold while my second boss is jerking me around deciding whether she really, really needs me to pick through rotten apples that day or not. So I quit. Uh, Yeah, I've been going through some kind of like buyer's remorse this past week. You know, it's weird. I gave my two weeks notice, but the only day I was working my second job this week was Sunday. So I'm going through a little bit of the buyer's remorse, you know, as I'm bopping along. I'm thinking, hey, you know what? This isn't so bad. I got my afternoons free and I just work one day a week. Oh, oh, oh. But I just know that in another couple of weeks when I'm back at it, and if I were to once again start doing the radio thing, they'd start jerking me around and all that. And I was, ah, I'd be right back where I started from. So it's best I leave. It's best I walk away. I am going to miss that extra money. So I'm asking you to help me out. Don't worry, I'm not begging you for money, even though there is a little light my work, leave a tip button there on my website where you can give me money if you want to. Nope, I am earning money. This is where I need your help. So a few months ago, back before Christmas time, Google and their spam convinced me to put Google ads on my blog and on some of my YouTube videos too. So I need your help 
to make my blog profitable. Go to my blog, chaosinabox.blogspot.com, click on some of the banner ads, and maybe I can make a little scratch off my blog. And again, uh, I don't know how you get this podcast. I put the uh, ads in the uh, in the uh, RSS feed too. So in your favorite aggregator where you're downloading this podcast, you might see a banner ad. Do me a favor and click on that. I've had the ads there since before Christmas. So far, I've only made $2 and Google doesn't cut you a check till you hit 100. So do me a favor, click on some of them Google ads and help making me a little money there. Ah, so that's where I've been for the past few weeks. You know, I'm just kind of doing this on the fly. I haven't really decided uh, what music to play. So here's whatever stuff I grabbed to fill this gap on the Targ. And that's why I'm not a music director. decided what songs I'm playing yet, so that might have been the greatest song ever written, or just whatever crap I downloaded for free online here on U62 The Targ. Good afternoon, Mark Cap is still here with you. Uh, what should I be talking about in this podcast? It's time to go looking in my file for neat stuff to talk about. In case you ever want to know what's coming up in the podcast, my file is my Google Plus profile. So if you're on Google Plus, you can follow me and, you know, kind of get a hint of where the podcast is going. I love Google Plus right now, mainly because there's hardly anyone on there. It's my screaming into the Grand Canyon of social networking sites. So let's go through the old Google Plus page here. Ah, yes, here we are. In the immortal words of Jay and Silent Bob, comics yo as we all know gritty reboots and crossovers are the thing and i talked about this on the podcast a few episodes ago one of the most mind-blowing crossovers they're doing in comic books right now is star trek and doctor who idw the comic book company uh they got the rights to both trek and who right now so they got the official permission from bbc and paramount to do a doctor who star trek comic book it looks like the crux of the story is going to be the 11th doctor and the next generation crew right 
And so when that was first announced, there were some people on the Star Trek message boards that are all like, hey, you know, this is a neat concept and all, but do you know what they should really do? They should really fully explore this concept. They should have other doctors team up with other crews throughout history. And I'm like, yeah, I could get behind that. So a couple of weeks ago, they released the cover of issue number three. Here's the official plot description of issue number three. The Doctor's recently relearned repressed memories may hold the key to defeating the threat in the present day. The cover shows a hint of what those repressed memories may be. The cover of issue number three of the Star Trek The Next Generation Doctor Who crossover. Let me try and describe it for you here. Again, it's on my Google Plus profile if you want to go check it out. We have good old Captain Kirk, 1960s era Captain Kirk, fighting off a 1970s era Cyberman while Spock and the fourth Doctor rush to his aid. Oh my freaking God. This is going to be one of the most nerdtacular comic books ever. Issue 1 hits uh, comic book stores next month in May. It's a six-issue limited series. Star Trek The Next Generation Doctor Who Assimilation Squared is the name of the storyline. Check your local comic book shop. We got another gritty reboot going on in comics here that I got in my file. Not even Archie Comics is above the occasional gritty reboot or headline-grabbing storyline. In this particular headline-grabbing storyline, here we have the old battle of the sexes going on. The boys are saying girls have it easy. The girls say the boys have it easy. So Sabrina the Teenage Witch gets it in her head to teach everyone a lesson and casts a spell that changes the gender of everyone in Riverdale. So all the boys become girls and all the girls become boys. Archie becomes Archina. Betty becomes Billy. And Veronica, whose nickname was always Ron, becomes Ron. So there you go. I, I got to admit, though, as someone pointed out on uh, Facebook, because I also posted that to Facebook, too, you know, Archina looks very girly-girly and actually kind of hot. And um, the Billy and Ron, the male versions of Betty and Veronica, they look uh, rather effeminate. To quote Captain Zap Brannigan from that um, classic episode of Futurama, it's leaving me a little aroused and also a little confused. Yeah, and to further that, I really want to know what the female version of Jughead looks like now. With the hat and boobs and, oh my god, I'm, I've got gender issues, don't I? Uh, let's take a break while I sort things out. You're listening to Mark Chappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ.
another absolutely brilliant song, but I have no idea what it was because I haven't picked it yet here on U62 The Tar. Good afternoon, Mark Cap is still here with you. Uh, once again, going through the file, seeing uh, what's kind of been backing up for podcast material. Ah, yes, I love this one. Okay, for the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic, Titanic is back in theaters, right? All converted to 3D, but... What was also announced shortly before its release is that James Cameron couldn't help himself. He did make one little special edition change. This time, Greedo shoots first. Oh, I'm sorry, I got my special editions mixed up. Yeah, that joke bombed when I did it on the air in my real radio job, too. Uh, But anyways, uh, what's going on here? Okay, I'm assuming you've seen the film... At the end of the film there, when Rose is floating in the debris, looking up at the starscape, world-renowned astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson took a look at that scene and it bugged him. So he sent a letter to James Cameron and said, "Uh, I hate to break this to you, uh, but for the night the Titanic went down, that is a highly inaccurate star field. That's not what the stars would have looked like that night. So James Cameron sent back to one of the most world-renowned astrophysicists in the world, All right, smart guy, if you're so smart, that scene takes place at 4.20 a.m. April 15th, 1912. Tell me what the stars would have looked like on that night. So Neil deGrasse Tyson, world-renowned astrophysicist, did the research and sent James Cameron the appropriate star charts for what the stars would look like on that night. And James Cameron adjusted the star field accordingly. And that is the one little special edition change that has been made to Titanic 3D. You know, as much as I love Titanic, I really can't bring myself to go see it in the theaters in 3D. Because, you know, there's pretty much only two reasons to see it in 3D. Naked Kate Winslet. Everything's better with Mark Kappas. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mark Kappas on U62, The Targ. Let's see what else I got in the file here. Ah, yes, my greasy fast food. As you all know, I love my fast food taste from around the world, and it's been widely recorded that McDonald's has always had a tough time trying to get into France. France, very protective of its culture, and McDonald's long seen as the symbol of global Americanization. So once again, to try and win over the palates of the French, McDonald's in France has just introduced something called the McBaguette. It is a baguette topped with roast beef, a very fine cheese, and a tangy mustard. All I can do is look at that and drool because, my God, it looks so tasty. I tell you, it just blows my mind when I look around seeing the fast food tastes of the world. That is a book I want to write someday. I want to travel the world, sample the fast food delights of the globe. And I'm not just talking about the regionalization of McDonald's, but the fast food joints that are native to those countries that you do not find elsewhere. So yeah, if someone will sponsor me, I will hop a plane and I will go write that book. This is your interstellar disc jockey. Mark Kappas. U62, the Targ. Let's see, anything else still in the file? Ah, yes, this one. Forbes magazine, they just released one of my favorite lists every year. They sit down, 
pour through books, movies, comic books, cartoons, and they determine the 15 richest fictional characters. They call this list the Fictional 15. And, you know, it's usually got some pop culture tie-ins to uh, whatever hot movies and stuff are going to come out. Number one this year, no doubt because of The Hobbit coming this Christmas, is Smog the Dragon from The Hobbit, where uh, Forbes magazine figures he has about $60 billion worth in hoarded treasure. But what caught my eye was number two, the second character on the list, Flintheart Glongold who apparently has an estimated fortune of $51 million. Now, if you don't remember who Flintheart Glongold is, Flintheart Glongold is the second richest duck in the world and the arch-rival of Scrooge McDuck. That's right, he's a villain from DuckTales. Flintheart Glongold has finally surpassed Scrooge McDuck as the world's richest duck. I just read that and I thought, wow. That was like the premise behind 40% of the episodes of DuckTales. And then I read the little BS story that uh, Forbes magazine went to go along with it. Apparently, Flintheart Glongold finally beat Scrooge McDuck because they had a race around the world and put up their fortunes, and Flintheart won. Of course, Scrooge McDuck is crying foul, saying that Flintheart cheated. And I'm like, dude, that totally is an episode of DuckTales. Ah, DuckTales was an awesome show. I think Disney's released that on DVD. I should pick it up. Let's see here. Anything else in the file? Well, yeah, there's lots of other things in the file, but you know what? I think those should wait for another day. It is getting pretty late on this Wednesday afternoon, so I should probably go cook myself some supper. Once again, thank you for sticking with me. Hopefully these episodes will go back to being coming out on a semi-regular basis. And... We'll have a whole bunch of fun in the future. I'm Mark Capps. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of the Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of the Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it.